end of the year. Welcome to TK's A Brigade. Today I sat down with Shay and we caught up a little bit about my previous trip back home, uh, Thanksgiving and what's coming in the new year, as well as some other things. So as we get ready for the new year and new episodes, uh, be on the lookout for new music. So tune in now here on TK's A Brigade. So, what's up, Shay? Man, it's been a while, brother. How you been? Been about a month, yeah. I think. Yeah, man. Yeah. Thanksgiving, holidays. Man, it's been crazy. Your trip to Iowa? My trip to Iowa, yes. We can talk about that today if you'd like to hear about how my trip went. I'm up for for whatever. Well, it's Saturday, the 2nd of December, man. I can't believe we're already in December. I know. Seems like the, the weeks go by slow, but the months go by fast. That's a good way to look at it. I like that. The weeks go by slow, but the months go by fast. Yeah, you know, I was telling my kids in August, before you guys know it, it's going to be Christmas. And here we are, three weeks out. And then I, I always tell them after Christmas, I said, before you know it, it's going to be spring break. Yep. And then from there, it's like, then we're back to summer. And they're like, no way, Dad. And I'm like, yeah. It's going to go that fast. So. It does. It really does. But yeah, man. So, well, I went back home um, with my oldest to an Iowa Rutgers game. Go Hawks. How was that? And, oh, man. Can I get a little deep here for a minute? Sure. <laughs> That's all what right, we're here so, for, right? All right. So I have been working on a new single called You Say Feed My Sheep. And uh, it's got some really cool features on it. And uh, I, I bought the beat off of a uh, reggae hip-hop artist from Loveland. I won't say names because, yeah, um, I don't want to get copyright infringed here. But anyways, um, <laughs> bought this beat about a year and a half ago. Started writing lyrics to it. Um, prayed about it. Went back and decided, okay, I want to write about this. And the story theme is about when Jesus is resurrected and he's sitting on the um, by the shore and Peter comes and sits next to him and they start talking and Jesus looks at Peter and says, Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, Lord, you know that I do. And Peter's, and so Jesus says to Peter, well then feed my sheep. So from that theme, I wrote this song. Well, so for those that know me well, know that I grew up in Cedar Rapids, Iowa and, um, the, my childhood home, uh, that I grew up in, there was a lot of trauma that I went through in that house. Um, spiritual, physical, uh, I won't go deep into that. But the point is, is that when I wrote this song, I, I realized that God was really cultivating me in that time of my, as, as a child um, in, in my spiritual walk. And so we went back um, for the Iowa Rutgers game and I told my oldest, I said, I want to shoot the first verse of this music video in front of my childhood home. He was like... That's pretty cool, Dad. Well, so we go back, and we went back three days before the game because I wanted to have enough time to be able to do that. So we go back, and um, the day of the shoot, we go over to my street, K Avenue, and we're driving up the street because my house literally sat in the middle of the street. From each end of the street, my house was the middle one. What town were you from? Cedar Rapids. Okay. 
the big city, right? That's what yeah. some people say to me when they're like, I'm like, where? They're like, oh, from Iowa. Really? What part? I'm from Vinton. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. That's small town yeah. on the way out of town. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. and no, no disrespect to people from Vinton, just saying, like, it's always funny. Like, you rarely, I rarely get people from like Des Moines or, you know, Cedar Rapids. Or, yeah. And they're like, Des Moines or Dubuque or uh, Davenport, right? So, yeah, we're from Polk City. Oh, there you go. Close okay. to Ankeny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, most people Ankeny, seem well. to. It's kind of seemed to know where it was at. Oh yeah, I dude, I I got a fun story about Ankeny here in a bit. <laughs> I got a fun story about Ankeny, bro. But anyway, so we're driving up the street, and as we as we start to crest the top of the hill of the street, my phone rings, and it's my old friend from um, back in the day who's from Colorado. His name is Matt. So. I pass my house and I answer the phone and I'm like, what's up, Matt? And he's like, hey, man, can we talk? So, again, I won't go in deep into this, into the conversation I had with him, but he broke down some very um, deep things that he was going through in his life and some things that had affected him from when he was like his childhood and some traumas that he was going through and things that he was dealing with at that very moment, Shay. It's funny as how that works. Right. As I'm passing my, my old house. So I was able to sit with him for 45 minutes and I put him on speaker because my son was in the truck and I wanted him to hear. And, and I was able to just speak life into him at that moment. And it was so profound. Right. Got out, walked down the street, and I proceeded to shoot music video footage, which for those that are listening, the song comes out uh, hopefully Christmas, and then the music video footage will follow. Um, But I'm super stoked because um, we were able to get music video footage for that. And then the next day, um, for those that don't know, the movie Field of Dreams was shot in Dyersville, Iowa, which is about 40 miles north of Cedar Rapids. And they actually preserved that home and the field and everything in that movie in regards to the field. They preserved it. It's still there. As a matter of fact, they actually built a Major League Baseball diamond next to it in the field where Major League uh, teams have come and played. Yeah, they just did that recently, didn't they? Yeah, the Sox and the, the White Sox and the Yankees came yeah. out there and played. Yeah. So we went there, which... For those that, if you've never seen the movie, you got to watch the movie. It's a great movie. Kevin Costner, James Earl Jones. I wanted to get music video footage from the the bleachers where Earl Jones and Kevin Costner and uh, were sitting during the movie. So I sat on the bleachers and we shot music video footage for that, which was dope. Nice. Uh, went to Dubuque. Um, had a really interesting time in Dubuque. Uh, <laughs> I won't even go into that. My son is a big Funko head. Do you know what Funkos are? Oh, yeah. I might have one. So my son has a hundred and he goes all over the country looking for different Funkos and he wants to get a Funko from every state. And so they like uh, state themed ones. No, he just that's, buy them in other states. No, that just he he just wants to be able to say, I got this one in New York. I got gotcha. this one in Oklahoma. And so. We go up to Dubuque because I wanted to take him to Eagle Point Park. Have you ever been there? Uh, no, I don't think so. Possible, but probably not. So Eagle Point Park is just a park. It's, you know, you can go there and barbecue and, you know, it's it's a nice park, whatever. But it overlooks the Mississippi. And when you go out and look 
across the river, you can see into Wisconsin. And then when you look to the right, you can see into Illinois. Now, it's just trees. It's not like you see downtown Chicago or whatever, but... It's just it's cool because it's like you're on that tri-state area kind of thing and 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 it's just hundreds of miles of trees and the Mississippi River. It's pretty dope. I've probably crossed over it. Yeah, it's it's I dope, man. It's it's fun, man. It's it was fun and um we went up there and we got to uh you know, spend the day in Dubuque after we went to Dyersville and then uh my uncle Tom, he's in uh he's in a nursing home in Mount Vernon, which is right outside of Iowa City. And uh, so we came back and went and got to see him. And I hadn't seen him in, in quite a while. So, um, you know, he got to see Elijah. And uh, last time I saw Elijah, I think he was like four. So, you know, now he's 6'6", 250, right? <laughs> Still a little different. Oh, yeah, a lot different. So we got to hang out with him. And then, you know, of course, you know, we go back to Cedar Rapids and um, just hung out for a few days. I went and... We spent uh, a few days with my childhood friend, uh, Matt Strand. Shout out to my boy, Matt. Uh, he let us stay at his house. Beautiful home. Uh, his boys, Paxton and Evan, man, cool kids, bro. Um, but, you know, th- the journey, Shay, that I went back, like I feel like this year has been, like I've been shedding a lot of like really ugly, scarred parts of my life. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. And I feel like God's been doing such a profound work in me and, and my wife and, and our relationship and, and just in my and, and the things that I dealt with as a kid. Because I went through some, some stuff, man. And uh, I really feel that no longer is that an excuse to give the enemy any open doors to my life. Right? So going back home seeing the childhood home getting that music video footage that's going to be a permanent imprint because here's the craziest thing about it shay we moved from cedar rapids to des moines in october of 1993 so i returned to my childhood home 30 years later to shoot this video still looks the same huh dude (laughs) like it never changed bro now there's one caveat because, and I told AJ on our, the AJ the AJ and TK show, there was an a black oak tree in uh, not oak I'm sorry black walnut tree in the backyard of this house that five years ago when I went home, bro, and I I'm not exaggerating I wish I would have saved these pictures but they were so creepy that my mom like she's like Travis you should just delete those pictures because. Uh, hold on here a minute. I think I'm out of. Okay, sorry. She said you should delete those pictures because you know spirits can attach themselves to different things. Well, the pictures that I took, Shay, this tree. Do you know what a black walnut tree looks like? Yeah. Okay. For those that don't know, because I, growing up, this tree was you know this was a normal looking tree, right? When I went back home to see this tree in 2017, this thing, and, and I kid you not, bro, it looked like a tree from The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> okay? All right. So the, the trunk was probably maybe um, four foot in diameter. I mean, it was big. It's been there for 40, 45 years because it was it was growing before I we even moved into this house. And then I lived there for 13 years, and then I've been gone for 30. So you figure, what, that's almost 50 years probably yeah, it's been yeah, there? Oh, yeah, probably a lot longer. 
I mean, it's in, in the trunk was huge, but here's where it gets crazy. The trunk itself, there was four separate faces. Like, have you ever seen, have you ever seen, uh, I think it's Empire Strikes Back when, um, when Jabba the Hutt puts uh, Han Solo in that frozen. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm talking about? Yeah, they're okay. at the end of the movie, yeah. Yes. So if you could imagine that, that's what it looked like the tree did was it took multiple things, spirits, people, however you want to define it, and it, it, it froze them in place in the tree. And then the center of the tree had this giant hole that looked exactly like a mouth, okay? But this is where it gets more creepy. The, the the limbs that came off the tree looked like multiple arms with fingers. You definitely should have saved those pictures. I do. I, you know what's crazy <laughs> is one of these days I'm going to go back like through Facebook or something and I'm going to find one. But I wanted to show AJ because, you know, we did the Halloween series and right. I wanted to show her because this is what I believe. And again, going back to scripture. When Jesus crosses over to the uh, the other side of, of the lake and there's the man that's living in the caves that's full of demons, right? Do you remember this story? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Jesus, and the man comes out you know, screaming at Jesus and, and he says, son of God, why are you here? He says, I'm here to you know let this man deliver this man. And he's like, what's your name? He says, my name is Legion for we are many. Now the term Legion means, uh, it's, it's, it's in reference to uh, um, the amount of soldiers in like a, a battalion or a group, but it's called a legion, and it's three to five thousand men at once, right? Yep. So when it said we are legion, or my name is Legion, for we are many, there's were thousands of demons living in this man. So they begged Jesus not to send him to the wasteland, and they said, "Can we go over to those pigs and inhabit those pigs?" And Jesus said, "Go ahead." I believe, and this is where it gets dark. That my neighbor growing up next to me. I won't say names, again for copyright reasons. Was <laughs> he famous my, now? <laughs> uh, he might be. <laughs> he was a practicing magic, uh, a, a male witch. He practiced dark magic, like Voldemort. Uh, yeah. 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 Dark. Dark. And I've talked about this story a few times. Yeah, I think I heard you and AJ talking about things. it, right? Right. Yeah. I believe that. This tree inhabits the spirits that left that home, and the tree caught those, like some of those spirits, and it inhabited them because that's what it looked like. But the reason I bring this whole story up, and the reason I'm rambling about it for like five minutes, is the fact that I believe that when I go, went back this last November uh, and I went to the house and I shot this video, I believe that it was like a transformation. Like when, when snakes, and I'm not saying that I'm a snake, I mean, I've definitely done snaky stuff. But I believe, like, you know, when snakes shed their skin or lizards shed their skin and they become new, mm-hmm. I believe that's what's been happening in my spirit and myself. Like, I've been I've been getting rid of that old, like, dirty, ugly, disgusting, scarred skin, and I'm coming into a, a new season in my life. Absolutely. Praise God for that, because, man, I... Oh, bro. I, uh, of all the people that I get to talk to, man, I get to talk to you about this today. I wish, you know, I wish that... It wasn't like that in my life, but I know that, you know, off off recording, you and I have had some good personal discussions, and so it's it's it makes me feel good to be able to share this with right. you. So. <clears throat> it's crazy too, because like before that, I never had any idea or thought anything, you know. Right. You always seem pretty happy going and super <laughs> super busy with your music and your podcasts. Like, 
when did you even have time, you know? <laughs> right. Well, you know, and again, that's the craziest <clears throat> thing about life is how we, you know, deal with trauma, how we deal with things. And so with all that said, we went to the Iowa game, went to Rutgers, got shut out, go Hawks, and, you know, got to have an amazing time, um, came home, went down to... Uh, All right, one second here. Yep. Went down to uh, Oklahoma for Thanksgiving. Have you ever been to Oklahoma? Uh, no, I actually have not. Oh, dude, it's it's great. So the wife's brother has a 50-acre plot. Nice. With a pond on it, two ponds, actually. Uh, cows, he's got side-by-sides. He's got dirt bikes. He's got horses. He's got... All the fun stuff. Cold beer. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I mean, we spent two, three whole days. Like, we went fishing in the pond, bro. And, I, and I mean, the jig wasn't even hitting the top of the water, bro. And these largemouth, like four or five-pound largemouth were coming out. Just, it was That's amazing. I, th- I think I caught a dozen fish in three days. That's awesome. And they were, I mean, I got pictures and stuff, but they were, I mean, there were some, there were some good size, like largemouth. I caught a couple of smallmouth. I caught some crappie, a few sunfish. Like it was, it was amazing. So we got to spend Thanksgiving down there and came home and, and now, uh, you know, we've got three weeks to Christmas break and that's the topic that I wanted to touch on today. Christmas break. Christmas. I wish we had Christmas. Oh, Christmas. I wish we still had Christmas breaks. Right? Well, as adults, I mean, yeah. we can take... <laughs> that was my favorite time at school year right there. Oh, my gosh. All right. I want to hear about it. I want to hear about your Christmas break, your favorite Christmas break as a kid. Um, Actually, I liked... Kind of had a couple years there. I think when we moved out to Colorado, because it was just so new, you know, coming from... You're from Iowa. I'm from Iowa. Yeah. Like, we moved out here. We moved to uh, Lyons. While our okay. house was being built in Johnstown. Okay. And the house we lived at in Lyons was, I believe, the highest house in the town. Like most, like the biggest, you mean? No, like uh, elevation. Like cleared up on the side of a like foothill mountain. Okay. So coming from Iowa, you know, to like driving through Nebraska to Colorado and then had like a 15-minute drive up your driveway to your house where you're renting. Oh, wow. You know, so we had that, and we moved in. I think we moved in like Christmas Eve. Oh wow! I, I mean, yeah, like, profound. What do you remember? What year it was? Nineteen ninety-eight, I believe. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay, okay. I think it was ninety-eight. Yeah. Um, and for some reason, I always just have good memories of that Christmas. Just I know, probably just because it was so different from the routine of what we always had done. Yes. You know, like moving in on Christmas Eve. Remember, like we went to the closing for the house. Before that, I believe, and then waking up in a brand new house on Christmas Day, just I don't know, it all worked out really well. Yes, I remember that. Yes, <clears throat> so that was probably like, I mean, it's probably like my my best memory as far as just the actual holiday. I feel like I was okay. always pretty fortunate when it came to Christmas, though. Like, <clears throat> my parents always found a way to uh, get me the the new video game systems and like that every year. So Christmas is always pretty good for us, but uh, memory wise. That one stands out the most, I'd say. Just the just the newness, the newness of everything, you know. I do, I do, man. And it's crazy you say that. How memory, right? It's certain memories. So I don't suppress memory. I've said this before. So whether it's good memories or bad memories, I don't suppress memory. So I can file, or I can find files of memory in my mind that are really bad or really good. 
and obviously you want to focus on the good. So when you when you have like a stamp in your mind like that, where you moved in Christmas Eve, you wake up Christmas morning, it's everything is brand new. Yep. Right? That's awesome. My question for you is this. At what age do you remember ever getting angry on Christmas morning, if ever, because you didn't get what you wanted? Um, I don't, I don't think I ever did. I feel like I I feel like usually, you know, I don't think I asked for too crazy of things, but I feel like I usually got what I wanted. Right. I mean, I now really, I really this... don't have. Yeah, like I said, I, know, I think we talked about it before. Yeah, like, so you I almost feel bad because I'm this. like, yes. I don't feel like, I don't feel like I have a bad, you know, Christmas memory. I remember, well, I just awesome. not being able to like. I like, I, you didn't do like Santa Claus and stuff growing up, right? We did not. No. Yeah. See, we did, and like I remember just laying in bed the night before Christmas for like hours, you know, just wanting to see Santa. I, yes, just can't sleep because you just want to know what you're going to get in the morning. And then, I mean, I got to do that for a while because my sister was four years younger than me. So even though I knew, we still pretended for her. Sure. You know, so I always got, I mean, for probably eight, nine years, maybe longer, I got to wake up to presents from Santa Claus, you know, even though I knew by then, but she didn't. That's so funny you say that with Santa because I think we, yeah, we did definitely talk about this uh, with Doughboy. Yeah. Um, Yeah, my my kids even... Well, yeah, it was a year ago. You're right. That's crazy. Uh, my kids, um, my son in first grade, he goes into his first grade class, and somebody said something about Santa, and he looks at him. He's like, "Santa's not real." And the kids, <laughs> he said, the kid's face turns white. What? And the teacher's like, "Oh, you know, you can't say that." And Eli looks at him. He looks at his first grade teacher. He says, "Yeah, I can, because <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to him. I'm gonna be honest with him." And the kid's like, what do you mean Santa's not real? He's like, there's no fat guy that comes down your chimney. Let's be honest here. Come on. And I love that. And that that's that's why I wanted to bring it up now because, you know, this current uh, generation, like forget Santa, right? I You know, I, I think we've gotten to the point where, you know, kids are becoming more aware, a lot younger, a lot quicker, right? Yeah, well, they're, they're probably also exposed to, you know, a lot of stuff that we don't even realize on the internet right. or on TikTok yeah. or whatever, where they're kind of getting the Wise truth, right? Yeah. yeah, right. And they're just and they're probably not as naive as a lot of us were either. Right. Well, we didn't, and you're right. We didn't have access to to hearing stories from other people or or getting insight or getting input from people that weren't in our direct circle, right? Because we yeah. didn't have the yeah. social media. Exactly. It was yeah, pretty much like minded, right? Yeah. Well, and what's crazy, so I see these kids, and, you know, there's these shorts. Now they call them shorts, right? I mean, and these kids are are throwing tantrums. And this is why I asked you about, you know, did you ever get angry growing up or waking up Christmas morning? But these kids that come from affluent, extremely wealthy families that have this expectation of getting an $80,000 Mercedes. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yep. Or, you know, the newest iPhone or a gold chain or whatever is expensive, whatever they want you know, for Christmas. And they're, and they're getting a lesser version of it. Right. Or they're getting something that's, you know, like th- they might not get the G wagon, but they get like a, you know, a BMW i eight series or something. Right. 
like definitely yep. nothing I ever got when I was right. a kid. <laughs> Even as an adult, like yeah, that, you I know still what I mean? can't buy that for myself. <laughs> right. And these kids are getting these as gifts and they're losing their composure and they're losing their complete mind because they didn't get exactly what they said they wanted. Yep. And I'm like, whose fault is that? The parents. Agree. Tell me why you think that. They just did never uh, shut that down when they were younger and probably just kept giving in, giving them what they wanted or justifying their actions. And they've just grown into adults like that. So is that fear on the parents' part to um, tell their children no? Or is it more of the parent not getting that when they were a kid and not wanting to uh, deny their children that? I feel like, I mean, it kind of depends on the level of, you know, how rich they are. There's going to be a a few people that, like, they didn't have it growing up, so they want their kid to have it. But I feel like a lot of those videos you see, it's like family money. Yep. It's been like that for a long time. And they yep. just, they, I think they just, they, they're so rich and out of touch. They just don't want to deal with it. Right. So they just give in. Yep. It's just easier just to give in and focus on, I mean, assumingly they have phenomenal jobs or super busy jobs that have gotten them in this position anyways. So I think it's just more of like, I don't want to deal with it. Give him what he wants. Give her what she wants. I don't want to hear about it anymore. Go about your life. And then now you have a 30-year-old that is the same way. Right. And then they have a kid. And this and this cycle starts again. Yep. And, it, and I guess my question is, is what point, you know, who, who steps in? I mean, and this is more of a rhetorical statement because honestly, like, it's not a governmental thing, I don't think. Well, I don't believe it is. Even though, you know, child services, you know, <laughs> they like to uh, invade, you know, places that I don't feel that they should. Not saying they shouldn't in any place, but just in certain aspects. But at what point, like, who actually, like, because these 30-year-old kids are, you know, the ones that they claim are carrying these AR-15s and AKs into schools and businesses. And they're being told no, so they get angry and they, they lash out in violence. So it's like... Where is where is the the turn in the road, so to speak? Right? When, when are we going to start changing the mentality, or is it only going to get worse? Well, when do we go from saying no, meaning you can't do something, to saying no means I'm going to grab an AR and kill thirty people? Are like, you asking me like when did that happen? Yeah, like, you like say, why okay. is that a thing now? Like you said, right? Like why can't you just tell somebody no? I mean, it's hard to believe that these kids getting their way all their life and then being told no, like equals mass shooting. Right. Like Maybe it does, but like debt, like, like deadly mindset. But I think right. that's, I think you hit a good point there, Shay, when you said that, where did it switch? And, and honestly, when you've never been told no, I, and I've dealt with this, like, you know, for example, you know, with my kids, you know, there's been times where I, I've told my five-year-old no, and she just looks at me, and she's like, I'm going to do it anyways. Yeah, that's I'm where like, we're okay, at right now see, with three-year-old. See what happens when you do like, it anyways. Uh-huh, like stares you down. Yeah. and like I'm like, child, do you realize how big I am and how <laughs> yeah. small you are? And I'm not saying in a violent they way. <laughs> no, they don't. They're, they're fearless. But here's the thing, and this is where, this is where parenting, effective parenting, in my opinion, comes into play is that you don't threaten them. You just resolve 
that disobedience. Yep. I right? Agree. You don't yeah. say, okay, if you don't do this, then this is what's going to happen. And they say, okay. And then you don't follow through with your with your demand, or not demand, but with your um, authoritative statement. Then they realize, I got mom and dad where I want them. Yep. And they, they're going to, they're going to, I'm not going to get in trouble when I stand up for myself. And that's the term I've been hearing is what you have to stand up for yourself. You have to make sure that you're heard. It's like, yeah, when you're not 18. when you're five. Yeah. Right. When you're 18 and you could pay your bills. Fine. Yeah, you want to talk back to me then? Okay, cool. There's the door. Make sure when you close it, that you close both doors so that you can't come back in. Yeah. They're like what 18 year olds covering themselves anyways. None right. So at five, I'm like, so I, so it, this happened recently and I dealt with her appropriately. And that doesn't mean that that mentality has changed completely. But what I've seen is that staying consistent with me saying no and her challenging me and me saying, girl, (laughs) either you do this or this is going to happen. She's starting to understand, okay, I better do this. And even the big ones, I'll tell the little ones, ask your big sister what happened when she did that. And big sister's like, oh, well, you know, and I say, ask big brother what happened, Ooh, well, you know, and it's like, okay. And they see, and this is the other thing, too, I think it's important. When you have multiple siblings and one sibling gets in trouble for something, it puts the rest on on, oh, yeah. on front street, <laughs> right? Because I remember as a kid, you know, big brother got bent over and, and you know, the, the, the switch taken to the backside. Yep. I was like, ooh, I better straighten my lane up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I need to go down that way. And, you know, and that's the thing, too, I think, as parents is that correction in love and, and, and explaining to my kids, you know, it's one thing to just slap your kid because they mouthed off and not, you know, generating a an understanding and a conversation afterwards so that they understand why they got in trouble but these kids in this current culture they hear no and it's an automatic like retaliative kind of a response well you can't tell me no um yes i can who are you you're not my dad you're not my mom well i don't care if i'm your mom or dad if i'm in when i'm in a situation of authority and i tell you no you're gonna comply or there's consequences period Yep, but unfortunately, they're hearing else or different things. I think from uh, school teachers, media, politicians, everybody. They're yeah. hearing. They're just hearing. They're just not hearing that anymore. And too many people are just going along with these kids acting this way because yeah. they want to look like, oh, I'm understanding. You know, I'm. Everyone's different. You know, it's like no. At some point, we're all humans. We all need discipline. We all need this. We all need that. But they've honestly, they've just totally flipped the family like aspect of parenting on its head. Oh, yeah. And they've tried to make there's people out there that are trying to make the parents look like the bad guys. Oh, yeah. That, and that's why I brought up child services. Like, yeah. not every it, it, not every situation I, I disagree with child services, but but it's it's that mentality that kids have gotten. In fact, there was a a, a a TV show that's on regularly, and there's a scene where two cops are at a door. They knock on the door, and a mom comes to the door, and they say, "Yeah, we've got a we got a call for child abuse from this home," and. You know, the the mom's like, I didn't call. And the kid's like, oh, I did. My mom, you know, spanked me with a belt. 
the, the cop takes the kid. Have you seen this show or have you seen this clip? I th- I think we've talked about it before maybe. I don't know if I've seen it. Who's who's the cops? Do you remember like their names? Like- I don't remember, man. This I, I just remember this scene where he takes the kid into the front yard and basically asks the kid why he, he called the cops on his mom and his mom basically disciplined for doing something wrong and the kid said told or the cop told the mom go get the belt and you can you can do it again here in the front yard and i'll make sure that he gets it right, right. <laughs> you know you know but that's it's one less thing. problem i gotta deal with in 10 right. years but, but why why is it seeped into you know christmas right christmas is supposed to be a time where you know as far as in the christian you know following people that follow the, the christian belief that it was the birth of Jesus, you know, and, and, and we're celebrating his birth and, and we're spending time with family and we're showing love to one another. And, and then the gifts are kind of like the afterthought, like, oh, I love you. And, uh, you know, I want to share this gift with you, you know, and it's become this um, more of a commercialized like what? What do I get because I was good this whole year? And it's like, you weren't good the whole year. Like, get out of here. Right. It's and funny, fact, huh? When, when are you ever good? I'm never good. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a filthy rags, bro. But the thing that I really find interesting about it is the fact that it's this idea that you get to get something that you didn't earn, right? And then the expectation that you get it even though you didn't earn it and that when you don't get it, you get to get angry and you're justified in your anger. Like, bro, the top of my head just blows off when I when I hear that. Right, because I don't like ever remember anybody. And I mean, I grew up with some kids that like had some problems, you know. I don't ever remember hearing kids like not getting presents or like not having Christmas or like, you know, coal, you know, like Santa Claus brought them coal. Right. I, don't, I mean, I don't ever remember anybody having that happen right everybody just got presents yeah you got something right you might not have gotten everything that you said hey mom and dad i want this right but i don't there was i don't know of anybody who just like was a dirtbag the whole year and paid the consequences for it right same here same here i agree with you and you know and again I, i think that the essence and this is what i've been teaching my kids and i am about out of time today um but the essence of Christmas and, and the uh, and the reason for Christmas is not you were good this year, so you get the new iPhone and you get, you know, a new switch or you get this or that or whatever. It's the essence of understanding that we're celebrating the, the birth of Christ and we are spending time as a family. And then here, I, I want to share this with you as a gift because I love you and because is something that you would enjoy using or, you know, playing with or whatever, right? Yeah, I think, yeah, it's definitely been commercialized pretty oh, bad. When and, you really you know, think about it, because, I mean, I always knew, like, it was uh, Jesus' birthday and stuff, but it probably, we probably never put that first. And I, probably, I mean, I haven't either, honestly, with my kids. And that's not a knock on people, and I want to be clear, that's not a knock on people that, you know, how they celebrate any holiday. I, I'm, I, I want to be right. very clear that I'm not, I'm not in this, well, but I'm not hitting the gavel. I, I, right. I, I just want to be clear that, 
the point of this whole you know conversation today was like looking at the current culture right everything has gone up Every, uh, you know prices and you know for food to electronics to gas to everything everything has has increased and so the understanding that parents are working harder and yet they're still making the same amount of money but they're paying more for the same stuff and so i guess for me what i'm trying to understand is at what point do parents start to say, hey, guys, like, that's just too expensive. Right. Like, you know, you want this, this, and this. And I understand that, you know, this is Christmas time and that, that's, you know, that's what we do at Christmas. Instead of wanting this, this, and this, why don't you really focus on something that you really could, like, need or want that would really make your life just better, maybe? Like, my daughter asked me, and, and again, I'm almost out of time, but she, she wants either a new bed or a new iPhone. Well, to me, I'm a practical person. So what would make more sense, getting her a brand new bed or getting her a, a, an iPhone? Be tough to sleep on that iPhone. Right. And I mean, and the bed's going to last. That's a quality bed's going to last far longer than an iPhone. Yep. So then where do I invest my my time in my child? And to me it's it, it's a no-brainer. But again, and this isn't a knock on parents that buy their kids a bunch of stuff, you know, whatever. I'm just saying I it when it seeps into other homes, right? When when people's actions start to affect other people's kids or other people's families, it's like okay, and it's and to me it's and this is my opinion, but when it's in a negative connotation like that, it's like at what point do we start to turn the volume up on our voices? I mean, maybe financially a lot of us are gonna start having to. Right. You know, it's just getting worse and worse. I just seen a thing that said you would need to make like $12,200 more a year to be where you were at in 2021. That's nuts, bro. That's two years ago. Two years. I'd be willing to bet most people have not gotten a 12000 plus star raise in the last two oh, years. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. I, I wouldn't. I mean, maybe the CEOs of banks, but right. nobody else has. No, I mean, so. that's and that's just in two years. Right. You, need, years. you need another $1,000 a month to be where you were. Right. It's crazy. I mean, another thousand a month just to be just to level off yeah. from two years ago. Not even to be ahead. Yep. So we've all That's basically nuts. taken pay cuts in the last two years. Yeah. Regardless of how hard you've worked or what you've done, you've you've gone backwards. Yeah, for sure. Well, hey man, I'm out of time today, but uh, I always love catching up with you, bro. And, Absolutely. Um, it's fun. You have a wonderful weekend. Hawks playing Michigan tonight. Go Hawks! I, they're probably going to get blown out, but um, <laughs> that's going to be a rough. One. I think I've seen uh, some know. some betting numbers on that. They weren't even giving Iowa a point, were they? Oh no, it, it was bad, dude, and and rightly so with Iowa's offense. I mean, right. I'm I'm diehard black and gold, but our <laughs> offense is terrible. So if there's an upset tonight, dude, it's going to be it's going to it's going to blow up the nation. So real quick, if I'm Iowa not in a figuratively way, right. not in a little <laughs> right. Geez. If Iowa did win today, would that would that put them in like that final four? playoff no no and because you, they're ranked 17th that. it would so just it what it would probably do though it was it would probably knock michigan out of the top four right and it would just bump iowa up, but they wouldn't really gain any ground no nah, they wouldn't that. go to the yeah, they're okay. not if they if, if they were like you know ranked like if there was ohio state let's say let's say i was ranked like ohio state right yeah where they were three and and, Two and uh, three yeah and yeah. then iowa in beat michigan obviously whatever or even if i was in like five or six it might bump them into Bubble. the top four but with the way that the big 10 is growing next year we're adding four more teams 
um, the, the playoffs are going to have to start going to a bracketed like it's going to have to be like right. sixteen, eight, four. Yeah. And then I think that'll be good just, for them. Oh yeah, well cool. it's good for it's good for the NCAA. It's good for you know fans because we get to see more football. So yeah, for sure. All right, brother man. All right, dude. You have a wonderful weekend, bro. And uh, let's catch up again soon. All righty, see you. All right, man. Later. Well, there you go, folks. Another conversation with my man Shay. Uh, again, we love to just talk about whatever's on our mind. Today got brought up some old stories and a little bit of new stories. So this is going to be the last episode with me and Shay for 2023. So look forward to new episodes in the new year. AJ and I will have some more episodes the week of Christmas and probably the following week. So be on the lookout for that. You've been listening to TK's A Brigade. You can find the podcast on every major platform, Anchor, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple, and even YouTube. So please go like and subscribe. Like I said before, AJ and I will be doing some video in the new year. Hopefully Shay and I can jump on and do some video. I have a few guests that I'm hoping to get on in the new year, so be on the lookout for that. And I want to say, you know, 2023 has been interesting. I feel like I've grown a lot uh, physically, spiritually. Uh, I've made a lot of mistakes. I've learned a lot this year, and I just pray and asking God to give me mercy and um, help me to grow and to be a better man, a better husband, a better father, a better dad. I hope that uh, this reaches you well. Merry Christmas to everyone who listens. Thank you for your support. And until next time, take it easy.